All aboard and welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast Show. You might notice the stripped down version. Uh, my name is Tommy Casabona. I am your host. And what we're doing here is basically talking to you about cruising, everything surrounding cruising, some random travel stuff, as well as some, I guess, what would you say? I, I threw in some wacky off the cuff personal life stuff as well uh mostly cruising we try to stick it to cruise uh, stick to cruising because of the fact that we know you know that's most a lot of the people are here for that we have a patreon see now here's the thing this uh a few things first of all the stripped down version the shortened intro all that stuff is not as a it's actually i had to edit that so it's like a little putting a little bit more work into it but i want to get to the i want to get to it a little bit quicker you know what i mean i know that it is very um, egocentric and self-serving to have these fancy bells and whistles and then you feel like you actually have like a radio show and you have a cool fancy intro and high-level production. But I just kind of put myself in the position of the listen listener, being a podcast listener myself, just liking when people get right into it. You know what I mean? I notice that I gravitate away from the shows that have these uh, elongated intros that, you know, again... To me, I feel like it's probably a little self-serving. Um, this episode right here, probably going to be a little bit more like a Patreon episode. So, guys, bear with me. We're going to talk a lot of cruising on this episode, but I want to kind of throw it out to you at the front that, yeah, man, this uh, this this job, I, I, I went to it in great detail on the last Patreon episode about... You know, with the whole new job, the new day job, and the new financial situation I'm in, which is good, and then you got to ask, you know what I mean, at what cost, you know? I am totally, totally in and committed and fully all in and pumped right now about what I'm doing with that job because uh, I have to be, and I also feel as though it's a, it's a great opportunity. Um, yes, the thing is, though, I got to keep – I'll be honest with you – I felt like doing anything else in the world. This is this is what you get. The good with the bad. You get the real. You get the honesty. I did not feel like doing an episode tonight. But again, you got to show some grit. You have to, you know. I, I talked about the hours and not just hours. It's not what, you know, anybody could work 75 hours a week. You know what I mean? Depending upon what you're doing. But, you know, sprinting around in the sun for 14 uh, hour Days, back-to-back days. No, not every day is 14-hour days, but the back-to-back 14-hour days in the sun doing doubles on the hot sun deck, just basically putting out fires. I'm not going to get into that. If you want to hear those details, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash always be booked. It's $5 a month. You get some extra shows. <laughs> Let's leave it there. Uh, but yeah, well, I got to just keep this thing going, man. I want to keep this thing going because, again, I'm <clears throat> I'm being straight up with you guys in saying that, you know, the hours that I'm putting in at this other job are making me uh, gravitate away from this whole always be booked thing. But the end game for me, the long term play, what I want to do is to be doing this. You know what I mean? So it's not. Uh, it's not prudent, it's not appropriate, it's not productive to abandon it. Plus, I love it. It's not like I don't love it. Guys, I I absolutely, and part of it is the pressure too. You know what I mean? You do feel a little bit of a pressure when you're turning the mic on and you're putting out a product to thousands of people. How is it going to be received? 
did you do enough prep? Are you? But whatever. This episode is me. And I did do prep for this episode. So you're going to hear, uh, we're going to talk about some real crew stuff, some current crew stuff, and some nostalgia as well. But uh, it's just there is that little thing where it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's anxiety, a little anxiety to where, holy crap. You, you, when I know what I'm talking right now, there's thousands of people listening to this. So I feel a certain amount of pressure. You know, with the Patreon, I don't feel that as much, which is why you get a little, a lot more stripped down version. And I'll just go off on anything. With this, it's like, oh, am I up to it today? And honestly, today, after, you know, the weekend I had and the, the, the Monday and everything and the Tuesday, no, <laughs> I don't feel up to it. But we're going to do it anyway because i love being out here with you guys i love the community we create and i want to check in and i want to keep it going i think it's something special i think we we've started something special together all of us and i think we built something special and i think it's still as crazy as it is to say it's in its complete infancy it really really does it really really is and i'm just putting it out there like when this does happen when i'm able to and i am more dangerous now with this podcast than ever and here's the reason okay while i am not able to dedicate the amount of time that i want to create to it uh what i can do is be that sleeping giant you know what i mean because i do have resources now i do have the things that i envisioned the things that i wanted to do when i was doing it full time uh was more like uh or 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 half full time whatever you want to call it when I was when it was the main focus and I didn't have another job, the issue was I didn't have the resources if I wanted to get that DSLR camera or if I wanted to get the double screen monitor computer set up or if I wanted to, you know, pay somebody to really kind of make my website tight or I wanted to get an extra piece of, uh, you know, uh, merch or, 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 you know, we talked about the hot sauce. I, this, this, those are all pie in the sky things because the resources, it was, it was irresponsible for me to spend my money on that. But now it's not the case. So I was watching YouTube today, guys. I just was on a YouTube thing. Like I was going to go to Maine. Here's the thing, right? So talking cruise again, we're getting to the cruising. Stay, stand in with me. Stay with me. Okay. If you're new to the show, we talked about it, acquired taste. You're going to be interested in all this stuff soon. You don't know who I am. You don't know my voice yet as it percolates through your ear, through the speaker, through the headphones, whatever it is. You don't know the person behind it. You're going to know. So this stuff is all as it doesn't matter this week. It will matter eventually. Uh, I I was going to. See, like I, I have such a travel FOMO situation going on, and I am working six six days a week right so it's like six days a week and i finally was able to figure out how to get some sort of a manageable life um and a life uh day off scenario okay so they're telling me if i could find a way to carve out two days off a week great uh i already know that that's not going to happen but here's the compromise what i'm going to be able to do i think is i mean just weekends will be hell that's it we're working straight through a weekend just hell uh saturday and sunday that's it it's over monday kind of the same thing but i can sleep in a little bit on monday and then get in around noon i'll be there till around midnight but that's you know manageable hours it's not as taxing as it is on uh, a saturday and sunday tuesday daytime hours 
let's call it 10 to 5 or 6 p.m. And then off Wednesday. Sign me up for that. A half a day off on Thursday? It's not even a half a day. I'm working a full day, but I'm just not closing. Just starting earlier and ending earlier. But then if I could do this. So my plan was to do that this week. And this is the first week that I was able to do that. I did that. But then I'm like, okay, I have a day and a half. I got to go somewhere. I got to do something. What should I do? Where should I go? Who should I see? And my original plan, my plan that I've had in my head, and I don't know why I keep, keep this plan keeps staying in my head, is to take a solo trip to Maine. I've never been to Maine. I've never seen the lobsters. I've never had the, the Maine lobster in me, and I've never seen the breweries. I've never gone to the lighthouses. I got the DSLR camera, and I want to do it. I want to take maybe a, a fishing charter. I want to do all these things uh, in Maine, but I just don't do it. I don't pull the plug. I'm on Amtrak, the website. <clears throat> I'm, I'm looking it up, and you know, I tell my dad, I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to leave 2.30 in the morning. I can get there by 7. I'll have the full day. You could do a trip where it's like, I, I can't get there. There's a train that leaves at like 4.30 p.m. on the Tuesday. Uh, that would be reasonable, but I don't think I can get to that 4.30 train. So then the next one is like 2.30 in the morning, and my dad's like, I was like, I got a full day and a half off. I don't, I don't want to. My dad's like, dude, do nothing. Do nothing. When's the last time you did nothing? Do nothing. So that kind of stayed in my head a little bit of like doing nothing. And uh, I was just tired. And I was just still tired today. Like I was trying to do show prep. And I was doing show prep. And, you know, I was just noting myself, noticing myself nodding off. So I was like, yeah, I got to take a break. So then I woke up, did some more show prep. And I still was not going to do the show. I was like, you know what? Dude, you're just wearing yourself too thin. Now you got to put all this pressure on yourself, you know. And I know you guys, you know, it's a little big deal. You got to talk into a microphone for an hour and a half. It's not. It's not that easy. It's not that easy because there's a certain level. How how much would you appreciate this show if I didn't have any? If I didn't set any levels of expectations for myself, you know what I mean? So that's that's where my head was at. But uh, so I kind of did that. I did not go to Maine. Uh. I, I could see I could see myself getting on the train to Maine and being like, what are you doing? Why 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 are you trying to conquer the world? Just get some relaxation in. You got a beast of a weekend coming up. Relax. Take a break from Maine for five minutes. Take a break from thinking about Maine for five minutes. I was like, all right, to myself. Yeah, this is a conversation going on between myself and myself. So it is what it is. So today I was watching some YouTube videos, uh, the usual suspects, you know, I was I was heavily present in the Lalita Loca uh, um, uh, live stream last night, had a lot of fun with that, um, then I uh, watched the uh, ship show tonight, you know, so cruise nerding out, was seeing that Emma is going on a cruise in a couple of days, uh, this is what I'm excited about, the cruising is restarting, things are happening, and I'm getting pumped because even if I'm not going to be on a cruise yet, right now the only cruise I'm booked on is in October, October 30th on Celebrity Edge. Don't even know if that's going to sail or not. We're keeping our fingers crossed. Hopefully it will. But uh, it's going to be, of course, not as good, but it's going to be sweet 
to watch all the creators go on these uh, Nassau cruises on Adventure of the Seas. It's going to be cool to see all the vlogs that come out from that. I hope they, I hope they, I hope they do a lot of real time stuff. You know what I mean? I know that Tony and uh, Lalita Loca, as well as the Ship Show, uh, they crush it with those vlogs. Uh, and during cruise, uh, quote unquote, peacetime, when we're in the mix, yeah, you're happy to wait. You know, whenever it comes out, it comes out. I'm hoping we get some real-time stuff. I know Doug is going on one of those. Uh, there's a lot of people that are going on those adventures. I just can't make it because of, of work right now. And, uh, yeah, getting to Nassau is an issue, but it, it is what it is. Even if I could get to Nassau, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't work out right now. This salt thing, I'm going to have my head down, and this is going to be a hell, hell of a summer, a hellish summer for me and um i'm hoping that that is going to pay off because whether or not i move on to another project with um the company whether things get bigger and better within the company right now and i end up doing bigger and better things or i end up going to florida and going to war with abb uh this summer is clearly going to be a summer to take advantage of the financial situation i'm in and try to you know, what do they call it? Bury some nuts? Does that even make sense? My nuts and berries? Bury my nuts and berries? Whatever. Who knows? What do you want me to tell you? So in my YouTube travels today, I was watching some stuff. And I had seen uh, something come up on the Costa Cruz disaster. And that's not necessarily the uh, you know the most pleasant thing to talk about. Um, few things uh, I, I take took away. You know, you, you watch these things and you know about these disasters, especially if you're dialed into the whole cruising thing. And you remember hearing about Costa and how awful it was and the negligence of the captain and the and the awful situation that it ended up being. Um, I watched this thing on it and there were more takeaways than uh, than 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 I had originally thought. Uh, a couple of things. Uh just in no particular order, just, I guess, some fun or not-so-fun facts regarding the Costa Concordia. Just a brief history. You guys know in 2005, I believe it was. Is that when it was? Um, 2005 or 2006. Uh, is, did I just make that up? Hey, Siri. I told you it was going to be a lot like Patreon. When did... Hey, Siri... Hey Siri, when did the Costa Concordia sink? Here's an answer from Wikipedia.org. On January 13, 2012, the Italian cruise ship Costa Concordia ran aground, capsized, and later sank in shallow waters after striking an underwater rock off Isola del Giglio, Tuscany, resulting in 32 deaths. So Siri, you want to just do the whole rest of the show for me? I think she nailed it. Yeah, I was off by about six years, seven years, whatever it was. But, okay, so 2012. Tommy, didn't you just watch a freaking documentary on the thing? Yeah, but you know what? Dates, years, what do you want me to do? So that happened. All of that happened that Siri just told you. And she was right on a lot of that stuff. She was right on most of it. I don't know about the... I don't know if you call it a full capsize. Can't really call it a full capsize because it just kind of leaned over to one side, side, I think. But a couple of things. So the captain... As awful uh, of a human as he was, this was bad. You heard the actual audio of the Coast Guard. They, I think the Coast Guard actually called him an F-word. 
like the 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 homophobia f word because they were basically saying get back on the ship you f and then they bleeped out the rest but they put the word f in i don't know why i, I could be wrong that that's the word but whatever they were trying to get him to go back on the ship they were giving him very detailed instructions on how to get back on the ship because the thing was overturned. The thing was clearly going to, you know, not sink, and we'll get to that second, but it was going to be rendered useless and a very, very dangerous situation for everybody. But the uh, captain had left the ship and was on a lifeboat and was on the phone with the Coast Guard, and the Coast Guard was screaming, here is what you are going to do. Are you clear? You're going to go to the starboard side or the port side, whatever he said, and you're going to find the rope ladder. Your guests are coming down. I need you to climb up the rope ladder. Then <clears throat> I need you to get back in the bridge, and I need you to assess the lives that are on board. How many women? How many children? How many overall? I need these numbers from you. You are ordered to get back on this ship right now. And then he just started going to... Yeah, see, uh, the thing about that is, uh, I gotta tell you, it's really dark out here. Uh, I, 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 I want to get back on the ship. Um, what had happened was, and then you just got a bunch, and then the Coast Guard guy just started screaming, like, get back on the ship, you F, and then the F word, we don't know what the F word was, but it was weird. The, 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 the Coast Guard guy was screaming with a lot of uh, emotion, but it was funny because it was bad he he was he basically told the world and the coast guard that he wanted to stay on the ship but he fell onto the lifeboat <laughs> he fell onto the lifeboat he had no choice and he just ended up falling onto the lifeboat um ridiculous ridiculous uh a couple of other things weird things so he in addition to fleeing the ship when he wasn't supposed to he had a mistress on board. He had an unticketed mistress on the ship, a lady friend, a gumad, as some people might call it, a woman that he uh, had an affair with. She was a guest on the ship. That just shows you. I mean, people talk about it all the time, and you heard from, um, what's her name? I forgot her name, from Tourist to Local. Great YouTube video. Girl, easy, a very pretty young lady, easy on the eyes. I had her on the show once. I forgot her name uh, right now, but her sh channel is Tourist to Local. And she was a worker on the cruise ship. And so many uh, people just tell you these stories about the womanizing officers on the cruise ships. And hey, listen, I don't know what to tell you. You know, this is what they do. And this is how it is. If you read that book, um, uh, about the the American guy who who worked on a cruise ship for a while, uh, cruise cruise. Uh, oh, I forgot the name of the book too. Whatever. What do you want me to tell you? It's, it's been a long time ago. Anyway, uh, you just heard you hear stories about the philanderings that go on on cruise ships, and is that surprise anybody? You're at sea. You're away from everything, and you're just with these people, and a lot of just attractive international. Uh, co-eds running around, both men and women, who are just kind of, uh, you know, exploring the, each other and each other's bodies and, and bodies of water and bodies of each other and this and that. What are you going to do? But, yeah, the, there's a little bit of a level of power that the 
officers and dare I say the captain had and it looked like the captain was exercising some of that power by having a mistress unticketed on board this particular cruise so I don't know I don't know I don't know what goes on I don't know I don't know uh also he so he claimed to fall into the lifeboat and then he couldn't get back on the ship because it was too dark here's a caveat they said he did um what would you call it he did he made a maneuver that did save probably thousands of lives so he turned off the engines and allowed the ship to float back towards he he noticed which way the sea and the tide was going and he knew that if he turned off the engines and drifted the ship would end up back in very very shallow water so as to not sink and it would end up uh, resting on the seabed and that would probably create a scenario where it wasn't as much of an emergency where people had to uh, jump off of a ship or because the problem was is that the ship was listing so much and this to me seems like an antiquated technology like you have these lifeboats that are at uh, wherever they are you know I guess now they're kind of like midship or or like maybe on the middle floors but if a ship is listing and then we're talking about a, a fairly modern <clears throat> modern day cruise ship but if you if you're talking about like the ship listing if it lists too much to the starboard side how are the port lifeboats going to be able to be deployed it would seem to me that that's an issue across the board with lifeboats it would seem to me that let's just say the, the cruise ship was hit with a missile quickly on one side of the ship and the the ship was listing at a rate that was quicker then we can get everybody to the lifeboats. I don't know. I feel like there should be some sort of an arm that should extend. And maybe there is now. Maybe somebody knows this. Uh, is there an arm that extends out? Like, let's say the ship is listing. There should be an arm that extends out that allows the lifeboats to be let, uh, to be dropped as so as to clear the hull of the ship. You guys know what I'm saying? So if the ship is tilting to the right and you try to lower the lifeboats, just regular physics will tell you that you can't lower them because the ship is not in the same position. And lowering the lifeboats means lowering them onto the actual bow. They won't make it to the water or they'll just roll down the side of the ship. There should be an arm that clears them of the ship in the event that the ship lists too much. And then that would allow them to subsequently lower the lifeboats after the ship is listed, no matter what distance the lifeboats needed to clear the actual hull of the ship, which is now exposed because of the listing. Don't know if you're seeing what I'm saying at all. Hopefully I explained that right. Uh, I, I bet half of you. Bet half. My, my guess is half of you know what I'm talking about. Half of you don't. Um. But he did do that maneuver where he turned that off and the ship floated floated closer, you know, because what the whole problem was is that the ship had a route, you know what I mean? 
uh, he was trying to execute execute a sale buy, which was a little bit of a treat to the people on board. Like if you sail closer to the island, you're giving some people something to look at. Uh, it's a little bit of a treat. And yes, if there's not a bunch of coral rocks underneath, you're fine. But there was a bunch of, there was a lot of things underneath that water that he was not prepared to deal with or didn't know existed, and that caused a gash in the hull. So. I don't know if he was doing this for the passengers. I heard rumblings that one of the officers that was their hometown and he was doing a favor for one of the officers to kind of get a look. Maybe he was showing in front of showing off in front of his girl. Who knows what he was doing? Um, he is. He did do jail time. He did do jail time and he didn't ironically do as much jail time as the official crisis manager for Costa. So. I don't know, the crisis coordinator, I should say, he was giving a prison sentence of two years and 10 months. So that's just some stuff that I watched and saw on Costa. And as we, uh, you know, watch these YouTube videos, I just found it to be interesting. Hopefully you do too. So did you guys see the NBC Nightly News piece with Christine Duffy the other night? Uh, Christine Duffy, who is the president and CEO of Carnival, they discussed whether or not the cruise industry would be included in what looks to be the apparent return to normalcy or the semi or as much as possible return to normalcy that the country would like to celebrate, I believe, appropriately on July 4th. So uh, Lester Holt did an interview. And speaking of Lester Holt, I mean, have you ever seen that guy in action? I don't know. I don't watch the news as much anymore, but I don't know. There's been so much talk about these aliens coming. The aliens are here. or There's so much uh, these these grainy videos are out there of the same little tic-tac looking thing with non-propulsion that's living. By the way, there's that's that connection to cruising. If you've been watching this alien stuff lately, I mean... That's going to terrify me on my next cruise, but it shouldn't because apparently these things have been here for many, many years already, and uh, it just seems like they there's there's little shots of them like being able to go fire through the ocean at 200 miles per hour underneath the water. They're going in the water, out of the water, up around. They're hovering there. It's crazy. It's crazy to watch. But I don't know. I I, I if you watched um you know Men in Black. You know, the argument was that that there is um, there are aliens living among us already that have been for a while. And uh, I don't know if there are, if that is true, I definitely think Lester Holt should be checked for that. Um, well, anyway, Christine is up there. And she's basically just pleading her case, which I think is a good case and an appropriate plea that the cruise lines get equal treatment. We know the cruise lines have been dealt with harshly. It's been like that for a while. They always, ne they never seem to get a fair shake, whether it's in the media during non-COVID times, uh, whether it's, you know, p comedians. Have, cruise ships are just a whipping boy of comedians, and I love stand-up comedy. And yes, I, get, I have to tell myself not to get offended. I don't get offended, per se, because these are jokes. And again, you that's the big thing with stand-up comedy and the, and the gripe that stand-up comedians have is that you'll just sit there and laugh as I make fun of everything for 45 minutes, but then I get around to your one thing that you feel strongly about, and now I'm not funny. But all the other people's things, because that wasn't your thing, it was funny. So you got to kind of give, give it with a grain of salt. At the end of the day, they're all jokes, and they're all not really coming from a... You know, some of them probably do, you know, where there's... You know, a lot of the root of a lot of 
humor is truth. So it is what it is. But uh, much of what they covered in the interview, uh, a lot of it would be considered old news by us educated and up-to-the-minute cruise fans. But this is big. The fact that the mainstream media is offering a receptive ear to some of the plights of the cruise industry uh, is good. It's cool. It's it's crazy to watch. I mean, the cruise lines, as a sympathetic figure in the mainstream media, I never really thought that I would see the day. And she has a quote from the piece. She says, I think, again, we don't want to be treated differently than any other part of travel or tourism uh, or entertainment or society. And so I think that where we have the challenge of working through the details, uh, and, I, and so I think that's where we have the challenge of working through the details. Uh, for our cruise line, children under 12 are a big part of the vacation experience. And summer, you know, a family vacation. <clears throat> so she's trying to basically make it so the carnival, if it's um, anything, it's a fun ship, as we know. And they've really, they've always been very, very family friendly. But over the last few years, they've gone hardcore with the family. You know what I mean? By kind of, I guess, rearranging some of the uh, rules and age regulations during some portions of their ships and uh that's that's what um i know i bitch butchered that quote but the quote was butchered in the article that i had here so uh, give me credit like i say to you guys when you're writing me emails which i have none of there are no emails you guys didn't write me any damn emails this week tommy at alwaysbebooked.com it's just so weird one week i'll get four or five emails the very next week we got nothing but i guess that's on me Tommy, you got to say provocative things, and then people will email you, right? That's right. I should be better. Uh, the piece also covers the fact that the CDC does appear that it's starting to significantly budge from its hardline approach of just a few weeks ago. We already knew this, though, but just to kind of do a recap, there is a quicker path if you're able and you're willing to as a cruise line to mandate that everybody gets a vaccine, or should I say uh, 95% of passengers and 98% of crew. There is a quicker path for you to uh, cruise resumption. Uh, shorter lead time for applicants for test cruising so if you do want to not have to mandate vaccines you are going to have to do test cruises now you're going to be able to get that application for test cruises answered in five days whereas it used to be 60 so that's good uh, changes to the mask mandates by allowing the cruise line to decide in most scenarios so they basically said their statement was hey for the most part unless it's a highly concentrated area and I don't think that is made clear what that means. Uh, cruise lines, you can decide if it's appropriate to mandate masks or not. And you know what the cruise lines are going to do with that for the most part because they want to sell cruises. But we will see. You know what I mean? It's crazy, man. All you heard. If there was one thing that was kind of unique to the cruise industry, uh, it was the washy-washy people. Which, in turn, will be deemed racist at some point. You know what I mean? When you have... Uh, F Filipinos standing there uh, with with sanitization spray and saying, hi, washi washi, happy, happy. Uh, when you do that, it, you, you, you know, and then you have the uh, subsequent, you know, cruisers doing it too and imitating them, that's going to come to a halt in this cancel culture world. Should it? I mean, I, I always thought it. I always thought it. I always did that. Whenever they came in and they give you 
washi washi i was like oh thanks hey look it's washi washi lady washi washi i didn't feel the got good doing that there's something something to it that that's not necessarily right <laughs> and i'm no pc guy as you guys know uh but their jobs are going to be big the washi washi crew uh, they have been they they must be having meetings right now they're in the freaking bowels of the cruise ship below the waterline having meetings saying this is our time this is where we have to shine there should be a union you know what i mean they should demand a raise they are of the most important people on the cruise ship the captains and the washi washi keeping us clean. front lines keeping us clean out there i wonder if they're going to do that in the middle <laughs> 7 p.m. The entire cruise, the cruise ship at 7 p.m. is going to do a loud applause. You're going to just hear random applause and loud and cheering every night at 7 p.m. to uh, in commemoration of the washy washy people. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, and they're also going to make it okay for cruisers to explore ports of their own. So whatever's happening, it's like it's like the CDC is just conducting a real-time poll. They're putting this stuff out there, and in real time, as the backlash comes back, they're making the changes. It's kind of weird, you know? I don't know. They went from literally not even speaking, not even uh, giving the cruise lines the time of day, to just kind of wavering on everything, which is great. And it's time for that. They literally, for the first time, are negotiating in, in good faith. And I truly do believe these damn lawsuits is they would, you know, this is what's this is what did it, I think, in my opinion. Could be wrong. Uh, they also talk about the legislation passed that would allow for a suspension of the Passenger Vessels Service Act. And that would allow cruise ships to be able to sail directly to Alaska instead of having to stop in Canada first. And that, for me, is a big one because I will. Listen, Tommy, you say a lot of poignant, uh, smart, um, uh, uh, well-thought-out things on your show. But then also, Tommy, you say a lot of dumb shit. And you say a lot. Of, you talk out of your ass a lot. And I do. And that is true. And I did when I said, are you guys out of your mind? you think there's a chance any of you people are going to Alaska this season? I did say that. And as we look and as things inch closer, looks like I was a little premature. It looks like there is some hope for Alaska this season after all. I don't know. At the end of the day, it was just nice to see the cruise lines not being, uh, you know, having a front and center, some front and center attention in the mainstream media and not being ripped to shreds. You know what I mean? The chatter has been good, and I think it's safe to say that, uh, knock on wood, but cruising in July is a real, real, real possibility. So what became of this lawsuit? Now, I don't get it. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not the first to understand. I'm not the first to say that I uh, dove deep into the research of this, but there was a lawsuit, right? So there was a lawsuit. Right? A lawsuit. Alaska, Texas, and Florida, the states, sued the CDC in as for in essence in, in essence, uh, consequently this the federal government about not being able to operate cruise lines, cruise ships. Right? There was a lawsuit. That's money. That to me that's like, okay, there's a complaint and they want money, they want to be able to have this be fixed, right? 
Now, I don't know what the terms were. I don't know if there was a dollar amount because we're talking about lost wages by cruise employees. We're talking about lost wages by the state and tax dollars. We're talking about lost jobs. We're talking about lost income from a lot of the, I guess, ripple effect businesses that surround the ports, lost wages from directly from the ports, all these things, all these lost wages for what? And I think that that's what we have here. And then they tell, you know, it was said that they're going to court. Okay, there's no way you're sorting through all that stuff. You know what I mean? So this, I don't know what the system is here, but I guess this probably had to be like the first initial, I guess, um, process in the in the in, in in the process of you know. Okay, I sue you. We go to court. There's a decision. I get paid. I guess there's a whole bunch of other processes before that. You know, you have the discovery, the mediation, uh, the actual trial, all that stuff. The phase that they're in, I'm not sure, but this was not a ruling, you know, on whether or not this could not have been a ruling on whether or not the court was going to find the states guilty or the federal. I'm sorry, the states were going to the federal government was going to be found guilty of um you know, and then all of a sudden they were going to have to pay the money. That If that was going to come to that, you're talking months, probably years of litigation and witnesses and fact-finding and documents and evidence, witness everything. That would have taken forever. But this must have been just a – it must have just been a um, whether or not they can go to court, right? This must have been the first – do they have a case, I guess, basically what it is. Does the states have a case? Can we go to the next phase? Can we actually do this? Is this rare or does it get thrown out of court? You know what I mean? I remember Howard Stern was on Sirius Radio and he sued Sirius Radio while he was working for them for, I guess, uh, uh, dollars that he said he should have gotten. What it was is that he got paid per subscriber, right? And then Sirius merged with um, XM and a whole bunch of subscribers came over from XM Radio. And Sirius said, well, we just, that was us. That's not your subscribers. We just took on this company. We acquired this company. So you don't necessarily get to have uh, those uh, subscribers. And Howard Stern wanted to go in and present his case as to why he thought he should be paid for those subscribers, even though they subscribe to XM, not Sirius. He really felt strongly that he should get his per subscriber dollar amount. There was an initial hearing and it was thrown out of court immediately. So I'm guessing and knowing nothing about the legal system, I'm guessing that's what this process was. This possibly could have gotten thrown out. Like if the judge thought the states were absolutely ridiculous for allowing for for even thinking they could sue the federal government for not letting them sail during a pandemic i guess the court could have decided that no this is not worthy of going to trial this is not a legitimate lawsuit shove it up your ass you're out of here it's just like they did to howard stern uh that's not what happened what the judge said was go to mediation he ruled or he i'm sorry he or she ruled that this should be he basically said you guys got to work it out and I've been a part of mediation. So those are, those can be very, very productive or they can be the biggest waste of time possible. And to me, it's all about how good the manipulation skills are of the judge, um, of the judge, that the mediator, because the mediators are usually judges 
working, you know, not while they're in court. They can mediate. They can. It's like a side job. Uh, they usually want extravagant lunch, and they want to get out of there as soon as possible. My mediation thing was once we did two mediations in my situation, and the one lady, she just kept talking about lunch. That was it. She just kept talking about lunch, and she wanted nothing to do with anybody, and she just yelled at everybody uh, together. In the second mediation, the judge manipulated us, and he went in from room to room acting like neither one of us had a case. And when he acted like neither one of us had a case, or we both had a case, he basically, when he was talking to us, he's like, are you guys out of your mind? Look what you did here. Look at this on paper. Look at that. Look at that. Look at this. You think I could forget about it. If you think you're walking out of here having to pay less than X amount, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. Okay. So sit there and make your decision and decide seriously if you want to be here or not. Then he leaves and goes into the other room. And then he t- he kind of lambastes the other the other people too. Are you kidding me? You got nothing here. Are you out of your mind? He didn't do this. You can't prove that he did that. You can't prove that they said that. This is what's going on here. And you really, honestly, you think you're walking out of here with this? You'll be lucky to get this. And that's it. And if it, th- that's that's a good mediator, whether it's ethical or not, I'm not sure. I mean, the whole legal system, you could argue, and the whole legal system, lawyers, everything, you could argue the level of uh, ethics that are exist but it was effective let's just call it that because he basically puts everybody's expectations into check and he's putting his throat and that's how he put his word on he'd be like i will go in there and put my throat on their neck and they're cr-. he he <clears throat> he plays good cop bad cop with himself basically sets himself up as being the bad cop telling you you know sets your expectations and then goes in and fights for you See, I think what it is, is I think he knows the two sides. He takes a temperature. He sees what the what the evidence is, sees what the lawsuit's for. And I think he automatically or she automatically has a number as to what this is going to settle for. So let's just say somebody wants $20 million, Somebody's willing to pay $5 million, Okay. This guy knows going in that, all right, here's this evidence. Here's that evidence. I could probably settle this. This is probably going to be settled for $8 million. Okay, so when he knows in his mind, he saves that information in his own head. So then he goes into the one room and says, there's zero chance today that I am going to be able to settle this. You're going to have to be prepared to pay $10 million. Okay, just get that through your head. You're going to have to pay $10 million. Okay, I'll do the best I can for you. But no, the thoughts of you getting this done with a sing- with, without a two-digit number, you're out of your mind. And then he goes to the other people. You're not getting $10 million here. You're not getting $10 million. There's no way. This is why. X, Y, Z. Come on. You have to be reasonable. I'm here to help you guys. But you're not getting $10 million. And then when he settles the whole thing at 8 everybody feels like a winner. So that's what a good mediator will do. In this situation, uh, I, think, I think the cruise lines look good. I think if a good mediator goes in... and and the cruise lines present their case the right way a mediator a good mediator is gonna is gonna really kind of be very very helpful in making the cdc realize that hey man you might be on the hook for some money here they might have something to say you restarted everything else every hotel every airline everything is back open and you're, you're you're starving these people of course, there's a there's a there's a counterpoint to it. Of course, a cruise is a very very specific thing, right? 
a cruise is different than a regular hotel and airlines, which can be deemed as necessities because of business travel, because of whatever. Uh, a cruise is purely pleasure. You know what I mean? So you do have that. But, you know, concerts are open. Everything's open. And you're still just choking the cruise lines and everybody else around them. I think if the cruise line presents itself right and you get an actual fair and realistic and effective mediator, I think you got a good chance. But it's like I think it's just a breakdown in the legal system that that even happened. They basically said we don't we don't know what to tell you. Go to go to mediation. We're not we're not even dealing with this. Go. It's almost like the court passed the buck, right? It's like we don't want to deal with this. Mediate it. Figure it out on your own. And you know don't don't bother us. I feel like that's kind of what they did. I'm not sure though. Um, so I wanted to. Uh, I guess that's as far as the. Uh, the news stuff that I wanted to talk about. And what I wanted to talk about now also is just kind of get a little nostalgia in. And, you know, we try to do a little bit of news, a little bit of, um, you know, reminiscing, a little bit of personal stuff. And this is the portion of the show where we'll just talk about a little bit of nostalgia in a simpler time. I was very, very happy on my Facebook memories today. Uh, it came up 39 pictures of what would it be my second or third to last cruise uh anyway a cruise on the navigator of the seas a four-night journey to nassau and coco Cay, and it was chris um it was with jonathan nicole and then we met doug and his friend richard and uh you know we met uh we met up with a lot of people we met up with a lot of people um so it was fun it was a fun run. We had a great day at the Never Say Never Again bar at Senior Frogs. Oh, and Marty and Dwayne were there as well. Uh, we, had, we had a nice time, that cruise. That was the, my first experience at the newly uh, refurbished Perfect Day at Coco Cay. Uh, I did have the knee injury, but that literally started to heal as the days were happening there, uh, much to my happiness. That was a very transitional point in my life. I was um, leaving leaving the Ainsworth and I was moving back to Florida, leaving the Ainsworth in New York City, moving back to Florida. It was a crazy time, but that cruise right in the middle of it was very, very helpful and therapeutic. So um, I do like to uh, look back and think of the good times, but it's also just as fun sometimes. Like to me, I, I embrace like Gary Vaynerchuk, who is a famous motivational guy, business coach, whatever you want to call him. He uh he talks a lot of, a lot about loving to fail, because when you when you fail that means you learn and that means you get closer to your next win. There's no failing without learning, and uh, to me, it's like you can't. It's like a rainy day on a vacation. To me, I embrace the rainy day. If you have a seven day vacation, I love when a nice torrential downpour happens right smack in the middle of that vacation. And just you sit there and you watch the rain fall and it just you hear the noise of the rain hitting the ground. And you know what? This is good. This is just this is a reminder that as fun as everything is, you know, you have to experience the rain to appreciate the sunshine and you have to experience the bad to appreciate the good. And you have to appreciate the failures and the mistakes to uh you have to experience the failures and the mistakes to appreciate the victories and the wins so i just said victories 
and wins. Those are two things that mean the same thing. Uh, so on this one, I wanted to talk about my five off-the-cuff worst things that I remember. My worst times, my darkest times on cruising. I've said it before over and over again that I've never had a bad cruise. I stand by that 100%. But there were some bad moments. And there were some moments that said where I was like, oh, what am I doing? Do, do I want to keep cruising? Do I keep one? It actually had me quite very quickly for like a split second. Obviously, cooler heads prevailed and there is no questioning cruising. But yes, during those times, I was like, am I done with this? Am I done with this crap? But yeah, no, that's that's uh, that was that, that was the pain talking. All right. So number one, throwing up in the Dominican Republic. I've told all these stories, by the way, too. And I know I do have a lot of new people, so I'll just kind of breeze through them. And uh, these are in no particular order either. But uh, we were partying like crazy. We were having the absolute best times of our lives. We were running around St. Thomas, San Juan. It was Sony, the legend, and uh, a, a friend, a childhood friend of mine, high school friend of mine, Joe, and his wife. And uh, four of us were on this uh, Norwegian gem cruise and it was bliss. It was uh, just a bliss. And the bliss is the nightclub on the cruise, by the way. And we'll talk about that. That's in. That's actually another entry in this list. But uh, everything was going great until the last day. The last port of call was Samana in the Dominican Republic. And this is a problem. They don't even go there anymore. We heard the horror stories about how they kind of attack you when you get off the ship to try to buy you things, run scams on you, whatever it was. Uh this was not good. This was not good. But we went, we weren't going to knock it off the ship. But it was a late night so we were late getting off the ship. When we got to the tender when we got to the tender boat, the people that were getting back on the ship were 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 were, were absolutely urging us not to go on the island. Do not do it. Turn back. Go back upstairs to the Lido deck. Do not go on this island. It is a hellscape. We didn't listen. We got on the tender. We went to we went on we went on shore and we um yeah, all the things that they said were correct. But then I was like, all right, let's go to a beach. I don't know what to do. Let's go to a beach. Let's grab a cab and go to a beach. We got into what I think was a cab, but the guy had a white shirt with a collar on, right? So he had to be a legitimate cab driver. I have no idea. But we got in this thing. Now, Sony, the legend, was looking great. She had a beautiful dress on. She had done her hair. Everything was nice. And we're on our way to the beach, I hope. But where we drove through, I I, I always put it like this. It, it made the roughest neighborhoods in New York City that I've driven through and experienced, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I remember Bushwick back in the day, Brownsville, driving through these places. It made them look like Disneyland. Disneyland. I mean, it was bad, bad. So I told the guy to turn around, uh, and, and I just kept thinking about her. You know what I mean? These people had nothing to lose. And I just did not want to have to, uh, whether I was going to make it, if I was going to make it, <laughs> I probably was overreacting, but I didn't want it to be like, you know what? I got to explain to this girl's family that uh, I took her to the Dominican Republic and, uh, yeah, they uh, tied me up while, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. I just basically was like, let's just, you know what? 
let's quit while we're ahead and take us back. But we went to a restaurant first. And the restaurant even looked like it was built out of clay. And um, yeah, it was it was rough. The, the restaurant was very rustic. He took us there. This is my friend's place. It's very, very good. They brought this fish out that was like it looked very authentic. I have to give it to you. Like in those Greek restaurants when they leave the bones in and they actually serve you the fish with the head and the tail on it. You know, supposedly because this is like a gourmet eating experience. That's what they gave us. And they gave us a president day each and we ate it. No problem. Get back on the tender boat. Get back on the ship. Make our way up to the Lido deck. About 45 minutes later, I looked at Joe, my friend, his wife, Meg. And I looked at Sony and I said, I'm going to be leaving now. I'm going to go back to the room. Nobody follow me. Because <laughs> there was a rumble deep within me that was going to be a problem. And it was not going to be kept down for long. I didn't get past the pool area. I didn't even get back into the hallway. And there was a volcanic explosion that came out of my stomach, up through my esophagus, and out of my mouth in a fire hose manner. I don't know what the hell happened. It was awful. And all I could do was just try to muffle it with the towel that I had in my hand. And I was just walking. And I was that guy. I was that guy. The guy let you like, oh, come on. You know, we were at Coco K last year. I've been there three times already. Three times in one summer. We got there and we couldn't even freaking get in the pool. We couldn't be in the pool for an hour and a half because someone took a crap in the pool. Can you imagine someone took a crap in the pool? Hundreds of people having the time of their lives. We all got to get it. The largest freaking pool in North America. We all got to get out because somebody took a crap. Whatever. That might be where that might be where coronavirus started. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I'm just vomiting and walking, vomiting uncontrollably and walking. It's an absolute hell. We're off the coast of the Dominican Republic. I am, you know, 1,400 miles away from home, whatever it is, and I'm just vomiting everywhere. I go to the room. So Sony, being a true, a true, uh, a true friend, follows me. She does follow me. Uh, and then the room steward follows me. They all see me going into the room and they basically tell me I got to stay out of the room for 15 minutes. They cleaned up the room. I, I felt so bad, gave me an extra 50 bucks, but then I went back into the room. I had nothing but chills and Sony hung out. It was awesome. I actually, that's what I'm talking about. I was, I had the chills, clearly food poisoning. I, I nestled up in a bunch of blankets. We put on a movie and we had that night. We had that night where, you know, she got me whatever I needed. She freaking uh, sat, you know, sat in the bed next to me. And we put on Trouble with the Curve with Justin Timberlake, Timberlake and um, Clint Eastwood. One of the top five worst movies I've ever seen in my life. And honestly, I appreciate that night so much. Just because, again... It was a little bit of adversity during an otherwise blissful cruise, and it just makes you it just makes you appreciate the good that much more. It made me appreciate Sony as a friend. It made me appreciate the next day when I felt better again, and that's it. That's all you could say, you know. And it, thank God it got me to stop drinking for a night. It forced me to take a night off of drinking. That was that. Next up, Nassau solo cruise, first ever solo cruise. Um, a tremendous time the solo cruise experience as i said before was 
uh, something I was very, very concerned about, another trying time. I'm going to tell you right now, between 2016 and 2021, uh, were very, very, um, what, what, what word could I use so far? Um, inconsistent times for me. I didn't know where I was going, didn't know what I was doing, didn't know which way it was up, didn't know where the income would come from, didn't know I'd have if I'd had another chance um, at, you know, the success that I had between 2005 and t- between 2005 and 2010 was a great time for me. Great time. You know what I mean? Prosperous, fun, great social life, uh, no shortage of the ladies, all that stuff. It was great. You know what I mean? 2000 once 2016 hit things took a turn and um right now they look like they're pretty good but up until just like maybe like eight months ago that was rough but what was i saying so um this cruise was during that time and this was right between jobs and i went on this solo cruise ideally to get my head straightened out and i was just gonna go see what happened and it ended up being great Ended up making good friends with a crew of like three or four people. The solo cruise experience on Norwegian, especially out of that on that on the Norwegian breakaway, was great. But one day in Nassau, I decided to rent a motorbike. I'll keep this one short. A moped. So I rented the moped, no problems, driving around Nassau, no problems. Drove over that crazy bridge that takes you to Paradise Island, no problems. And then I'm coming back. Now I'm gonna make my way back. Uh a moped's not a bicycle, right? So you can't just stop and start like you want to and kind of like, you know, cheat out into the middle of the road and kind of like sneak between cars or whatever. I may have gotten a little overzealous in an intersection. So what happened was I saw that I was miscommunicating with a woman about who was going to let the other one go. And when you're on a bicycle, it's a very easy, easy correctable thing. Okay, stop, go, stop. Okay, no, no, you're going to go. Okay. But when you're dealing with motorized vehicles, it's not that easy. And then especially when the nerves kicked in because you feel like you did make a mistake. You think you're touching the brake, but you're actually hitting the throttle. And next thing you know, you're under a Jeep. And you're looking. I cannot say any time in my life, a couple of times, there was a couple. One time I was driving on the um, Belt Parkway and it was a little sheet of rainwater that was over and I was doing about 75 no idea why or how I lost control lost control doing 75 on the Belt Parkway I got into that skid mode where you're going right going left trying to correct it but there's no correcting it it's gonna it's gonna break into a spin and then yes thankfully it's about four 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 o'clock in the morning 445 in the morning I was delivering my newspapers, dead sober, but I just lost control. I had newspapers in the truck. I was dropping off the Financial Times to the Financial District in New York City on my way on the Bell Parkway and spun, I didn't count, but no less than three times, three or four full spins on the Bell Parkway. Luckily, those spins were, the my, my forward and backwards movement was straight ahead, so I didn't hit anything ever. I just spun out on the road th- at least three times. And in that moment, I thought I was dead. I thought I was a projectile. thought I was getting injected. thought it was done. thought it was over. thought it was finished. That was it. I thought I was dead. Aside from that, but there was, there was no harm, no foul on that one. 
But as far as being scared for my life, I thought I was done in Nassau because I watched, I watched this thing run over my leg. I watched the tire run over my leg. I don't have an explanation other than the fact that either something divine happened or the human body is just a hell of a lot more resilient than we thought it was because it was like slow motion. I'm underneath the thing on the moped being dragged by the, by the, by the, uh, by the, um, by the Jeep. And then she's not stopping for some reason. She's, I think she's trying to stop or she's like, doesn't know what to do, but she didn't stop when she exactly should have stopped. And I watched my right leg, my right shin underneath my knee end up under her moving wheel and it dented in and then popped back out. That's what I saw. I can't tell you if it, I can't, did I, did I imagine that? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the one to imagine things. I'm not the one to, I don't think, but it ran over it and then it finally stopped. And then my, my leg popped out and sort of regained its shape, sort of. So right then and there, I think, okay, there's going to be hell. There's going to this is a helicopter situation. This is not a. Uh, I'm going to be laid out in the middle of this intersection for hours, and this leg is pretty much done. It's crushed. There's no way. <clears throat> so then I looked at the rest of myself. So my foot's there's a there's a gaping hole the size of Costa Concordia's hole in the, in my sneaker, and there's blood pouring out of my feet. Not let me not exaggerate. Not pouring out. There's just a lot of blood soaked into my, um, coming off my feet, and my skin is ripped in two places. My skin is ripped through the sneaker in two places on my foot. Then my knee is, uh, the right side of my knee has a contusion where there's a lot of, like, blood coming out of it and whatever. And then there was the, 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 the dent in my freaking shin. So I'm laying there and everybody saw what I saw and they're like, oh my God, don't move. Nobody move. People stop in their car. The woman who ran me over was, I think, uh, dating a captain of a yacht. And I think she was temporarily. So she wasn't being forthcoming with her information because I don't know how long she was. I don't know how long her visa was supposed to last there, but I'm laying out in the middle of the street and um, just in shock. Now, I was not in that much pain at all. But I was just kind of attributing that to adrenaline, maybe being in shock, whatever it was. And I figured, okay, this is just going to be, um, this is, I don't realize how much this is going to hurt at some point. But then I continued to lay there and they told me, no, relax. And then the ambulance came. And then I was like, I, this, this still doesn't hurt. I was like, I'm going to try to stand up. And everybody thought that was a bad idea. Everybody's like, don't stand up, don't stand up, don't stand up. And uh, I, I, I stood up. And then I walked. And then I like jumped up and down a little bit. And everything I knew at that point, I knew that this was just laceratorial. I might have made that up. I meant lacerations. And bruising. Bruisesque. Bruiseric in nature. I had bruises. Um, I couldn't walk very good, but I had full range of motion and I could put weight. I was like, holy shit, this is a freaking miracle. So 
I wrapped everything up. They cleaned it out. They gave, the ambulance in the in Nassau Bahamas just came with a bunch of like basically a first aid kit, and I doused all my wounds in alcohol and iodine, and cleaned them all out on the spot. Wrapped them up. Went back to the ship, and uh, the cab driver offered me prescription strength Tylenol. I wasn't going to take that. I went to go to the cruise ship doctor twice. They weren't in. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to freaking handle this. I'm just going to dress these wounds. And they were all like like deep scrapes. You know what I mean? I still got a couple scars. And yes, my shin is still not the same shape. <laughs> it kind of is, but it's not. Uh, I feel like it goes away a little bit every every year. You know what I mean? I just can feel like a significant bump or a dent in there. But uh, I'm fine. I run. I exercise. I do squats. I do, you know, there's no lingering effects from it that I, that I can tell. But that's that was bad. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I'm spending a lot of time telling stories I've already told. I do know that. But sometimes people, sometimes there's new listeners. Sometimes uh, people who have heard it like to hear it again. And then sometimes have turned the freaking thing off a long time ago. So each of you get in where you fit in. Um, death riding Grand Turk on the banana boat. My, me, my sister, and her boyfriend at the time, we were cruising with Nick. And uh, we got on a banana boat ride, and it was horror. It was I didn't wasn't sure if I wasn't gonna die on that one because these guys were clearly, I mean, just whipping us around. And I'm sure a lot of people out there be like, Tommy, you just went on a banana boat, stop crying. But I could tell. All I could tell you is if we hit the the three of us on this freaking thing, if we hit the water at the speed we were going, it would have been limbs would have been there would have been problems. There would have been a lot of problems. The guy was flying around, whipping us around. And we was I was I was dead silent because I was that scared. They were screaming for their lives, and I was hanging on for dear life onto this banana boat. I just don't understand what happens when he's gathering up so much speed that we're getting significant amounts of time where we're not even on the water. We're like literally not just like we're getting air, but sustained air, sustained air as he whips us around. I don't know how what kept us uh, on the straight and narrow. We never ended up like flipping over. If we would have flipped over, that would have been bad. I, I just like this is how I was like literally whipping around, thinking this how it ends. This is how it ends, whipping around uh, Grand Turk like this. Not ideal. Um, embarkation on Carnival Sunshine. Uh, I'll go through that quick. It just sucked. Everything they did wrong, there was a line, uh, not that they did it wrong, it just was really, really annoying. It was a crappy day to begin with. There were really, really long lines to get on the ship. There was traffic leading up to the port, and the muster situation was a disaster because we had to do two of them because we had to go to the theater to listen to their spiel, and then we had to go outside after that to see the actual muster station. They couldn't do it in one shot, and that was the time where I was like, you know what, am I, am I over-cruising? Am I over? No, but it was just a bad, bad, bad boarding process. And it was the worst cruise I've ever been on in general. Did I say it was a bad cruise? No, it was absolutely one of the best weeks of my life. But when you measure it up to all the other cruises, it was the worst one. And then the last one was on that same cruise with the Dominican Republic situation. Um, myself and Sony uh, experiencing pure cruise bliss after just winning $3,000 in the casino, going 
to Bliss Nightclub with one of the members of the house band having the time of our lives, dancing on the dance floor, and probably what was a 12-on-12 brawl broke out near the entrance of the nightclub, thus trapping us in as bottles and glassware flew across at each other and just it was a bloodbath just people throwing glasses at each other people punching each other fighting throwing chairs it was a wreck and i basically we were drunk and i didn't even realize the seriousness of the situation at the time because you know i was just happy i had three thousand dollars in cash in my pocket and uh we had a bunch of drinks and i basically just waited i grabbed sony and i said waited for a um a break in the action where I thought we could run through, and that's exactly what I did. Even security. Security was overwhelmed. They were trying to break it up, but they couldn't. They were helpless to break it up. And then we saw a little bit of break in the action where no glasses were being thrown, and we sprinted out. And then we ran to the room, jumped on the bed. I took the freaking $3,000 out of my freaking pocket, started throwing it around the room, and that was the end to our cruise. That was it. Pure cruise bliss i want to thank you guys for listening don't forget patreon.com p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash always be booked as well as um the uh, facebook group we have uh, the always be booked cruise and travel lounge on facebook check me out on youtube always be booked instagram account is guess what always be booked and that's about it don't forget if you want to give me some emails tommy at always be booked.com You guys are the absolute best boat drinks cones. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away a little your big problems. You could worries, you could drive them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine on tree. And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot. And I know this is the place for me. Get away to where the boat leaves from. It takes away. I love your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves you, Jimmy Perfectly good island somewhere Well, all right, the boats And don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down down in the sand where it's cool Put me down And when I fall on my stool Put me down I'll just leave there till morning comes round With sunshine ten ladies And pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear That I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You can worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from So get away to where the boat leaves
away's from it takes away all of your big problems you got worries you could drop them in the blue ocean but you gotta get away to where the so get away to where the boat leaves from it takes away all of your big problems you got worries you could drop them in the blue ocean but you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from